Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. You know, here on High on the Hog, the podcast, we often speak about medical, we speak about a little recreation, mostly medical in the world of cannabis. But of course, there's an entire world going on behind all that, a world of manufacturing, a world of packaging, a world of promotion, and a world of statistics, statistics. Um, that, that verge on the sabermetrics for those who know their baseball, extreme sliced down. And we have from BDS Analytics, we have Tamar Moritz, um, who you've, you've well, what, what do you do within the company? Why don't you define that? Great question. Um, uh, I came on about three years ago to launch California for them. Um, and since I suppose you could say we're many a hat, um, um, I'm, I technically am uh, the director of business development, but that entails many business development efforts in this industry. So, uh, um, you know, I, I speak, I analyze, I sell, I, you know, do whatever well, did, needs did, to be done. EDS <laughs> begin as a cannabis we, um, we did. statistical? Okay, so it wasn't another group that moved into the world of cannabis? Well, we, well, no. Not directly, but we all came from uh, a variety of firms that do this exact type of market research. Right. So I myself came from the NPD group that specializes in you know durable goods and um, uh, in uh, I, I was specifically focused on consumer tech. So I worked with you know the big stereo headphone clients and um, uh, accessories clients, etc. But uh, but. Uh, yeah, our other founders, uh, one of our founders came from a company called Spins, the other came from a company called Leisure Trends, both did this in the natural foods and sports um, or outdoor industries, respectively, and they came together. She actually, uh, NPD bought Leisure Trends, and she took NP- uh, Leisure Trends' entire tech team um, <laughs> to BDS Analytics as they got, they got laid off in the acquisition, right? They were redundant, same exact business model and methodology, and they started BDS Analytics. That was about four years ago. And since you are, despite your American accent, you're Israeli. <laughs> yes. Okay, and Israel, as we have often said, is I, just the heart and soul of cannabis research. Oh, yeah. You know, it's where the endocannabinoid system was discovered and... THC uh, you know, and CBD yeah. were first isolated. Yeah, for, uh, just, mm-hmm. uh, and cherry tomatoes. Yeah. Also yes. cherry tomatoes yes. are, are yes. from Israel. <laughs> People don't know, that's quite amazing, actually, the list of things. But, um, you know, when you were at the, um, the Weizmann Institute of Science, was that one of the things you studied? Or was that just something that was like, that was up on the third floor and, you know, all you knew was a lot of smoke was coming out of the windows? <laughs> Great question. Um, uh, no, that was actually quite a bit ago. That was, I think, over a decade ago. And uh, I was... Um, I was into a different type of plant research. Um, uh, at the time, I was looking more into uh, alternative um, fuel sources, green energy. Right. So we were working on, I mean, the, what they were specializing at the Weizmann Institute on all sorts of algae technologies, but mm-hmm. uh, um, sources of fuel. But I was working on um, organic, an organic lattice that helped conduct, um, it's sol- solar paint that helped conduct el- electricity. 
um, cheaper than silicon panels. Um, so not, not cannabis related at all. Um, I'm Why sure don't we were, have that yet? Yeah, it's a great <laughs> question. Um, uh, but uh, making it a cheap and efficient enough. Is, Was that actually yeah. being studied at Weissman? Cannabis, or is that someplace else? Um, it's. I know that they do a lot of research at Hebrew University at right. the Technion up in Haifa. That's where Dedi Meiri is is based, right? He's um, uh, supposedly got he's got a lab that's able to identify the most cannabinoids in the world, um, over 140 cannabinoids. He's able to identify. So, um, I mean, that's you know, a few years. Well, not ago. only is he able to identify, but he's also able to do the research, which mm-hmm. is highly highly restricted at pretty much any place that's Absolutely. doing research. Absolutely. So, I mean, Israel Israel has been a leader in, in medical cannabis research for decades, right? I mean, it's in the, they started in the 60s recognizing the medical value of the plant, specifically uh, Dr. Rafael Meshulam, who many you consider. mentioned. <laughs> right, of course, who's widely considered the godfather or grandfather of cannabis. Um, um, him and actually Dennis Perone. Um, if you are familiar with, you know, one of the original cannabis activists out of San Francisco, um, one one could say the leader of the cannabis movement, right? So where Israel, incidentally, right? I mean, you know, my two birthplaces, if you will, are Israel and California, and Israel is the global medical research leader of cannabis, and California is the global um, cannabis movement leader, right? Yeah. So. Uh, so, you know, I feel yeah, pretty... There's a, there's a strand here. Also, yeah. pretty much the same weather mm-hmm. and um, and also lots of places to get hummus and falafel. All facts. So. <laughs> All facts, yep. <laughs> and you can hear Hebrew wherever you go in both places. There are, um, there are, there are restaurants uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles where... You don't have to close your eyes very, very tightly to believe that you are not in. You're, you're, you're in Israel. There's and, even an aroma here, so and it's, 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 um, it's really, it's really based more even than the food on you. Just close your eyes, you listen, and everyone's yelling, <laughs> and everyone's on the cell phone, and they're all yelling, and 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 when you go to this um a place called Tel Aviv Grill, when you go there, and it's essentially like a Chipotle, we go down the line, and um, you know they have many choices. And, uh, you know, you, you stop and you, you, I remember I asked the counter guy, so what's the difference between, what, what, what are you, what are you, slow you down, just make a decision, make a decision, you get two sides. Well, I said, I was going to ask about, no, no, no time, just what do you want, what do you want? It's like, okay, I'm in Israel. I, I actually, I actually have, I have a theory that that's one of the reasons Israelis tend to be, you know, I mean, the jokes and the tropes around Israelis being successful in business and, uh-huh. you know, high risk taking. I think it's more so they're just very direct people yeah. and they, they get, you know, they don't pussyfoot. Um, uh, <laughs> there's no, you know, passive aggressiveness. Just yeah. a lot of people find it aggressive and um, potentially threatening. I find it to be refreshing and efficient. But definitely the, the volume is much louder than it is in most other restaurants. Oh, yeah. No doubt. But it's, it's, it's funny stuff. Okay. A so lot of people. <laughs> getting out to BDS, how do they do what they do? How do they get all these, these crazed numbers? Great question. So um, uh, similar to those last companies I mentioned, right, um, that we all came from, uh, scan level or scan data, point of sale data, you might um, hear it called in other industries. Um, we collect our data from dispensaries. So we have a few data sources, but our core service is um, a, a, data, a sample set of data that we collect from dispensaries. We take What, their, do they send it to you? Do you have to go in and look through their records? How do you do this? Through their point of sale, um, but... Uh, so just like a Target, when they know everything you're buying, your mm-hmm. shopping habits, she, BDS will take that data from all the dispensaries and feed it back. 
Okay, but mm-hmm. I mean, the dispensaries will, will tell they you can't track how their many transactions. people are getting watermelon gummies and how many people are getting cherry gummies. Exactly. It's and you know, it's not necessarily that they're telling us that, right? But that's those sales are being recorded in their point of sale system, right? Um, uh, so with their permission, right? They sign up. Um, um, okay. We tap into that point of sale and we collect their transactional sales data. So, so, so this is some sort of mega computer somewhere out in, in Utah that has all the information on it and you're able to log into it. Boulder, Colorado. Boulder. Um, but, uh, <laughs> where we're headquartered. But, uh, but yes, um, essentially. And we, you know, obviously there's a lot of machine learning and automation involved, but there's also a lot of manual uh, work in this industry. I mean, we're collecting data from 28 point of sale systems. There's no UPCs or model numbers quite yet. So uh, there's, I guess, yeah, yes, not right. yet, not yet. I mean, you know, we were the first to market with this type of research. There, there was until we launched, you know, in Colorado first, and then Oregon, Washington. And I came, you know, three years ago and launched California. Until that point, and when we launched in each state, uh, all the brands were not able to say what their brand share was in that state. Right. But now <laughs> they all have UPC codes, and now that you're able to track it that way. Well, no, not so not not. Not yet, right? The UPCs, we're still waiting on that. Um, some do, some don't. Um, few do. Uh, but uh, that's where really the majority of our efforts lie in cleaning the data, right? Because uh, in California, <laughs> everything has a proper label, proper... Correct, but um, having a unique identifier that's ubiquitous across all manufact- across all retailers, across all distributors, or across all products is not yet uh, widely available. So. Um, this industry is still very much in its infancy from uh, many uh, perspectives. <laughs> okay, so I stopped. I was, little, I was taking my messages here. I was looking at a, um, a, a, an analytic from, um, from BDS, okay? And it, it really just showed five items, but they were absolutely intriguing. I mean, one of them was um, the, flavors, the favorite flavors for consumers in edibles in January. And we discovered that in descending order, it's watermelon, mixed fruit, strawberry, blueberry, and chocolate. Um, of all ingestibles purchased, so is that mixing apples and oranges there, making all ingestibles? You know, should it just be gummies by themselves? And- well, we have that ability, right? <laughs> of course. Um, uh, you know, our data, we have over 180 product categories, I think, that we break the data out into. So, you know, this is just giving you an aggregate flavor view of what so um, go go heavy on watermelon go heavy on the watermelon yeah i mean do you ever do an analysis of why (laughs) why is it watermelon what what's it about watermelon that people want in their gummies that's a great question we do also consumer surveys right quantitative surveys every six months asking consumers the why behind the buy right obviously also who they are and you know um but their basic demographics and Etc. But uh, that specifically, why they purchase the flavors they purchase, I don't know that we've dove into that yet. Um, I think also, it, if you remember, you're mixing it with THC, so it has to change the flavor. So perhaps watermelon complements it best. Perhaps. Um, who knows? Yeah, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of folks working on formulations right now on the on the flavoring side to um, um, you know test various um, infusion methods and various. Uh, um, uh, you know, extracts that they can infuse the product with to um, to mask the taste or promote the taste. Um, actually, one of the big questions I have is is do the consumers want to taste the cannabis? Right? Do they want that 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 flavor of cannabis in the background to know that there's um, right. something in it? Right? <laughs> um, and and so I know that we're going to be asking that in a little bit more detail in the next round. I think I think it's really it's variants. I mean, I like. To, to taste it. 
I, I, I'm not quite sure the taste of CBD, but the taste of THC is pretty notable. And it's like, okay, it's like there's something in there. I like that. And I think one of my, um, uh, there's a brand of lozenges that the Janus sells uh, here at, at the Antidote, CBD lozenges. And they're fine, but as far as I can tell, they're just candies. I mean, I don't taste a thing in them. I just taste candy. And, you know, uh, I, they seem to work, but they're still just candy. Well, when you say they seem to work, you're talking about the CBD-only lozenges, yes. right? And how, how do you know they're working? Because um, my daughter, who was taking Ativan for anxiety, stopped the Ativan, started using the CBD lozenges, and found her anxiety going away. Awesome. After the very first one. Awesome. And so, it, yes, it, it is, as most of the research in this industry, it's anecdotal, but still it was, okay, she's off out of van, which is good. She's on candy. Yeah, okay, the dentist. But <laughs> otherwise, you know, it's fine. But I like, so that's one of the reasons I like the, the sublinguals, the, um, the tinctures, because in at least some of them, like the ones made by Pop and Barkley, you really taste it. It's really distinctive. And I'm yep. sure, as you know, too, there's now some new brands coming out with sugarless type products that are oh, yeah. more health conscious. Because including of people, Jelly Bellies, because yep. who really CBD wants Jelly Bellies candy with their cannabis? Well, I mean, you know that some I think, do, some do, right? I think I think having all sorts of, I mean, just like any other industry, the way I foresee this industry evolving is, um, and it already is evolving this way, right? Is is <laughs> substitutes to our day-to-day products that just happen to include cannabis in them, right? <laughs> yep. So whether it be candy or mints or medicine or um, uh, creams and lotions and bath bombs and I find, you know, I mean, my mom is saying to me, you know, I don't need any of these small fancy packed lotions, lotions and bombs. I just want, you know, a giant like traditional lotion bottle that happens to have cannabis in it. <laughs> and interestingly, well, actually, akin to what you just said, one of the items of research here was that um, adults, uh, uh, adults in, um, well, it had to be adults, consumers in front-running adult-use markets have significantly shifted their spending over recent years to, oh, I'm sorry, it was the second one. Packaging is essential component of ingestibles, manufacturing, compliant child-resistant packaging can account for as much as one-third of the total bill. Um, that... You know, we, come on, we're Americans. We are swayed by packaging. Oh, yeah. We always are. And we are, go to walk through the supermarket someday and take a look. Packaging uberalis. We know this. Well, I think in cannabis, it's packaging and a quality product. Because if you get a nicely packaged product and you take it home and it's garbage inside, you'll never buy it again. And no one will. But that's why I'm dazzled by some products like like the Papa and Barkley products, like um, the... Uh, temple extracts. They're beautifully packaged. They're beautifully done. You, you have a certain pride in taking them home. The dosest pens, you know, they, these are like, these are sexy. Well, this because California has been in the market for many years now and every company has upped their game with regarding packaging. There's divisions of traditional packaging companies now have just cannabis divisions yep. where they're looking and developing um, eco-friendly, um, child-resistant, yep. and, you know, good for them. The, the thing is with this industry, though, is we're, I mean, like I said, it's still at its infancy, right? And and when it comes to branding, while there is some, there are brands out there, and there's some brand awareness, there is not much brand loyalty yet, especially among the new consumer, right? I mean, the new consumer is still walking into the dispensary 
they're not really thinking about what brand they want. They're thinking about what the difference between wine and beer is, right? I mean, you know, there's people that are walking in and they're saying, what's a tincture? I've never heard that word before, you know? Um, um, so we're still at the beginning of consumer education, especially new or what we call acceptors. That's why we're here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and with that, uh, packaging plays a huge role in uh, given that this industry doesn't have access to traditional marketing to reach these new consumers and these acceptors and rejectors, we call them. Acceptors are folks that don't currently consume but are open to it, right? So, I mean, that's like 30% of the market in California of adults over 21. That's people who, that's literally untapped, untapped, um, you know, low-hanging fruit, right? These are people that are saying, yeah, we're down to try it. We just don't know what to buy and where to buy it. Um, so, so packaging right now is one of the key um, methods of communication that uh, that all these brands have to reach the end consumer, and so putting effort into your you know product, right, into how the packaging looks and how and what you have on there, right. I mean, one of the big one of the big um, complaints our consumers have um, in our, that we receive in our or that we record in our survey is that um, they wish that manufacturers did a better job. Um, I think it's like. 30 something percent or 40 percent of consumers wish manufacturers did a better job um, of in explaining uh, what experience uh, with labor, labeling on the product and explaining what experience they were going to um, be delivered. Right? Yeah, and do take note, we don't buy our pot in little uh, baggies with twist ties anymore. I mean, right. that, that world is, that, that, that train has left the station. It's it's gone. Unless you're so, buying in the illicit market. <laughs> yeah, and even then, they may use nicer baggies. Mm-hmm. Um, Ziploc. You know, yeah, it's I like mean, the right, old fo- uh, film canister. <laughs> so, so, I mean, with... Working at your company, I mean, is there is there like a ticker tape that announces um, <laughs> new statistics that have just come down the pike? How, how, totally. do, how do you know? Subs- well, you should absolutely subscribe to our newsletter. We provide a lot of free information. Um, uh, so we send out monthly email and, and blasts. And tell me what it is, how, how to subscribe. Um, if you go onto our website and scroll. BDSanalytics.com. BDSanalytics.com. And scroll to the bottom, I believe. Or it might even have a banner that pops up and tells you to subscribe. But um, yeah, subscribe to our newsletter. Also on the resources section, um, we provide tons of free resources. If you just hover over it, whoever's on the website, you'll see. And you only focus on cannabis research? We only focus on cannabis research. Interesting. So do you have some gems? Cannabis is cannabinoid. So, you know, we're, we're looking at hemp-derived as well. We just announced a partnership with IRI, um, which is one right. of those big, yeah, we know, you know them. Yep, yep. Yeah. So we just announced they're one of the big, you know, players in retail sales tracking and, of course, global industries. So um, so we're we're hoping to have some new developments over the so coming months. Do, do you have some gem uh, pieces of research, some things you've discovered, you, you know, you kind of went, seriously? Really? What? Huh? You know, the, the sort of stuff that just knocked you, you, you had to sit down. Well, I think the watermelon knocked your socks off. A watermelon, <laughs> watermelon fascinated me. Um, I, I gotta say, watermelon did not surprise me. I expected that. Okay. Um, uh, and, I mean, I think at this point, you know, I've, I've been in this industry for three years, which, you know, they say it's dog years, right? So um, mm. it's considered pretty, pretty long time. And uh, um, I think that I, I mean, you know, I work with a lot of these manufacturers, the distributors, the retailers, um, you know, and so I think not much surprises me anymore, but, uh, but you know, what, but the response of the consumer can be unpredictable, as you well know. So I have a question. What's the top 
category in cannabis right now in California that people are buying? So, well, so when you say top category, right, I mean, flower still holds, um, uh, well, concentrates, which includes dabbables and, and vapes and flower both sort of compete for the number one spot. So people are still smoking. That's people at the are, top. People are still smoking flower, right? I mean, well, and they're the, still inhaling. So, and I mean, the dab they, isn't this thing. Well, so, but, but actually <laughs> there's a theory that, I mean, this is coughing from a dab, <laughs> right? So. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are doing. The kids do this. That, the dab The dab dance. move. It's like a dance move. Why is that a dad move? Dab. Dab. And then dabbing is a thing in cannabis where you're taking a high concentrated thing in like a crazy glass bong like thing and you're like oh. dabbing. So they're two different. It's. Concept, same word, but like I crack up when my kids are like dabbing at home because they're not clearly smoking cannabis. It's a way to vaporize extract, right? So you, okay. there's two ways to inhale extract. I'm right? so old. Through. But you know what? A lot of the men, no, I, it, for me, it borderlines hardcore a little bit, but like some of the people who like in Weed the People, they need a dab to get their proper medication. Right. So like. Have you guys talked to Mara yet? Mara Gordon? No, no, um, but Tracy's coming on. Okay. And we've we, also we, had put Dr. Bonnie Goldstein on, okay, Dr. Cool. Jeffrey Raver on. You should definitely have Mara as well. Okay. Yeah. She's going to be up at a summit we're going to be part of in October. Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so I, but they got, had to be surprises. I mean, there, there, are, there are always things you expect the public to just love that the public, like, doesn't. Well, well, and, and I, I think that kind of goes back to the point I was making before where, and, and you know, to bring it full circle, um, we are not so what what's the definition of a brand right a brand um it tells the consumer you know you you tell you're telling the consumer hi like i'm this brand here's the story that i present to you and here's the experience that you're going to receive if you develop a relationship with me um and then you go develop that as a consumer you go develop that relationship with that brand right you buy the product and you consume it whatever the product may be and if it delivers a reliable and consistent experience right if it delivers you like it you come back you buy it again it delivers that same experience Boom, you're developing brand loyalty, right? I I haven't really seen that yet. Um, and that where where I'm where I'm I mean that's partly because of the challenges that a lot of these manufacturers have in again accessing um, um, new and existing consumers. Um, you know, outside of just being on dispensary shelves um, and billboards, right? I mean, <laughs> Um, but uh, but you know how how who's looking at those billboards? Who responds to those billboards? Right? Is there enough trust yet? Um, and, and do some of them make sense or no sense at all? I, I there really are a few around town that I had to go past a few times to realize it was for some sort of cannabis project. They were so obscure, right? So bizarre. What's also interesting is even if you did have that brand loyalty, the brand itself needs to make sure they have a consistent supply chain yep. to keep yep. up with the consumer and Correct. cannabis. That's very difficult. Correct. And so what we're seeing right now, right, because uh, the one of the core ways that the manufacturers, the brands have of communicating with the consumer is through shelf space. <laughs> um, then and of course, their website. But, you know, then you have to still get the consumer to I mean, if they're if the consumer is Googling cannabis vape. Right. I mean, you know, you have to be yeah. in the top. <laughs> um, to That takes a lot of SEO and money. Um, but uh, but. Where was I going with this? What was the question? Sorry, you were saying that um, supply chain. Oh yes, thank you. From the supply side, so so in tr in most industries, right, demand it drives 
Um, a lot of uh, what we're seeing move at retail. Um, in this industry, a lot of that demand is still supply driven, right? So it's, you know, long-term relationships that a lot of these reps have with buyers at the dispensary, right? Um, who's pushing the product? Who's recommending the product? When the consumer's walking in and saying, what's the difference between wine and beer? Who's the one that's telling them, oh, buy this vape, it'll be good for you. It's the butt tender. So incidentally, right now, the two people who have the most power in the supply chain are some of the lowest paid folks in the supply chain, which are the butt tenders and buyers. <laughs> and, uh, and as a result, right, so it's, it's a combination of what products are making it to shelves, and that is a result of what choices the buyers and butt tenders are making. Well, what's moving is what the butt tenders are making, as well, say, as well yeah. as the manufacturer's ability to reliably get that supply to market. And that is a challenge in our regulatory landscape due I to- I believe that's also bud tenders, not butt tenders, which is a whole other job <laughs> that we won't get into. Um, but uh, you would say, you know, I, I've contended, I still contend that for those of a certain demographic or beyond a certain demographic who are getting cannabis as a medical product, that smoking, vaping, what have you, is not their, their, their choice. So when we drop, when we go past any of the various forms of smoking, how are those who are perhaps a little older and in need of maybe help with anxiety, help with sleep, help with um, with pains, how are they getting the product? Great question. So um, with a lot of these newer consumers, right, people that are, are coming to, uh, are new entrants into consumption, um, uh, we're seeing them enter via um, more wellness-oriented products such as pills and tinctures and topicals, right? Um, um, and of course with the... Uh, we're, I mean, where we're seeing the fastest growth in um, demographic uh, age-wise is 45 plus, yeah. um, which isn't surprising. We're we've seeing- done, we, with Janice, we've done for her, her CBD store, The Antidote, we've done events. And I mean, it was, it, they were well into their 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, there may have been a few who had hit 90. They, they were way up there and they were all intrigued. Oh yeah, you know they had gone through everything. They had they had ripped their stomachs open with with NSAIDs, and they had you know um, had to be wary of Tylenol, and you know they nothing was really working, and this stuff actually gave them some hope. My mom actually held an event um, last January, so a year and a half ago. Um, it was about uh, eighty women aged sixty to eighty um, uh, who all had questions about cannabis consumption and how it might impact and. Um, help them in their day-to-day lives yeah. and, and health and wellness, right? So uh, there was, by the way, there was a real preference, for, as I could tell, for some of the creams. Oh yeah, you know they they you know for the for the arthritic Topicals. knees and what have you, they really mm-hmm. liked some of the creams. Some of the, um, they, they weren't even ingesting. I think I think super much, but they if you could rub it on or spray it on, it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so those are less intimidating methods of consumption, right? Yeah. So, so as a, as you know, but also maybe perhaps more focused for where the pain was. That too, and I think that you know, really, it goes back to what I was saying with you know the the the, the hardcore consumer. They are not opposed to inhaling, right? Um, you know, whether right, uh, um, whether it be you know flour or dabbing, vaping. Um, the new entrants, right? Um, as I mentioned before, you know these these folks like my mom and. Um, and co not my mom <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're you know they're looking they're looking to improve their lives with cannabis right and they don't want to learn how to do anything differently or yeah. new right they want to continue their same day-to-day lifestyle just with just infused with cannabis and so my mom uses lotions she drinks teas she takes pills right I mean these you know you you substitute right 
all of these products with cannabis infused products and you're not impacting her life. Yeah, and arguably she's using the face masks and, yep. and um, yep. you, know, you, you mentioned the, um, the, the bath bombs and the... Yep. Uh, there's so many products out there. Don't forget the sex uh, lube. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, the, 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 the sex lube. Yes, we got well, that and, too. And, and that demographic. I mean, you know, I, that my mom and co. Right. I mean, they're willing to spend money. Like I took, I took her in a dispensary where you know, whereas a the twenty to you know, or eighteen to twenty four demographic. I mean, they're likely walking in buying the you know cheapest eighth they could find with the highest percent THC. Right. Um, you know, or you know, whatever bang for buck they have in vapes and um, other product categories. My mom, I took her into dispensary $360 later. <laughs> right. And then the next time she's like, I'm going to bring 500. Right. Right. <laughs> That's right. what I do. I bring friends and they're like, I didn't bring enough cash this time. I'm going to bring a thousand next they time. They do have the machine in the corner. Yes. But yes. they, for some reason, people don't like to, they want to bring their own cash to yeah. the store and not get well, it. Well, the machine in the corner charges a lot yeah. mm-hmm. well. to be used. But yeah, when you got to use it, you got to use it. Uh, Hopefully but the banking will change very soon. Well, actually, there's um, a bill being heard today that uh, will protect banks, um, provide banks some protection. Um, and Canopy and Acreage are having their shareholder, shareholder meeting today. It's public news. Um, but uh, these are, oh, sorry. I'm swaying around a lot and getting motions to not move anymore. Um, <laughs> um, but they're having their, uh, their uh, shareholder meetings. So we, might, we are likely to see some uh, potentially an announcement later tonight or tomorrow. Um, on not, the Safe Banking Act, I think, is being heard in Congress in a few weeks. But, uh, but yeah, banking protection could be down, coming down the line today. As a last question, do you have a sense of what's next? Um, from what perspective? From the industry right off. You know, right now it's it's legal in a finite number of states, but CBD is legal everywhere, almost everywhere. If it were up to me, if it were up to me, um, we'd collapse CBD and well, when I say CBD, I mean hemp derived CBD and cannabis derived CBD into one regulated body. Um, I think regulating them as two separate bodies is just going to create billions of dollars of confusion. Um, uh, in ten years, they'll just understand weight hemp and cannabis is the same thing right i mean hemp is just essentially industrial cannabis um with less than 0.3 percent thc right is how we define it um so i definitely think that we're gonna see um in terms of what's next right if banking or some kind of banking protection goes through today or tomorrow um what's next is everything right i mean you know as soon as you get the banking okay that 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 gives the okay for um you know a lot of significantly more, you know, institutional um, money and, uh, um, you know, traditional loans and, um, you know, 280E, which are you familiar with? Um, It's a a tax provision that uh, doesn't allow cannabis operators to deduct operational expenses. And so um, they're paying insane amounts in taxes. And, um, uh, And that, I mean, you know, anything that provides relief um, to the operator will help continue to provide uh, a consistent stream of supply. <laughs> Bottom line is BDS will be around in a decade and maybe a lot longer than that because there's a lot of analytics coming down the pipe uh, and coming down the pike and <laughs> it's um, there's a lot to be known in the fast-growing, somewhat Wild West world of uh, 
of CBD, of yeah. THC, of medical cannabis, I mean, recreational you, cannabis. Yeah, all you, out there. And I would yeah, say you're, you're in California and you're in cannabis, you probably know tomorrow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, uh, maybe. Um, but uh, but I, I found that. That's, <laughs> that's cool. Um, uh, hi. Um, but I do think uh, I do think we're going to continue to see a significant product evolution, right? As more consumers enter the market and are expecting um, the same quality and reliability and consistency of their products as they do in any other um, consumer product category, right? And, And so, yeah, you're just gonna see, you know, what what banking means is that, you know, that billion dollars that Coca-Cola is rumored to be hovering around the industry with, well, that's it's coming in, right? In. So, so that's you know when you ask what what changes are coming down the pipeline, those are the big changes. Well, then all the transactions become trackable as well as far as the back end with the taxes. Tamar Moritz from BDS Analytics, we appreciate a great perspective of the business here on High in the Hog <laughs> with Meryl Schindler, Joanna Belson, Phil Giangrande, Janice Hardoon when she's here. Hi in the Hog, it's your one place to find information about medical cannabis, about the stuff that's really the talk of the world. Find us on iTunes, find us on Amazon, find us on the internet. Hi in the Hog, the podcast.com. That's Hi in the Hog, the podcast.com. Tell a friend. <laughs>